This life-changing message comes to you from Church of the Harvest. It's our prayer that this message will inspire your life and bring hope to your future. Today, I um, just want to remind you for, uh, do we have any note takers? Does anybody like taking notes? If you like taking notes, like the five of you that raised your hand, um, they will be up on the screen, but also on the U, the Bible version app, you can go to that and um, you can hit select more, it's like in the bottom right hand, and you can hit events and you can um, select Church of the Harvest, and it actually will have some of the service notes that we're going to be going over this morning. So... Um, Are you guys ready to jump into the word? I'm excited, so let's go. So for almost two and a half months now, Pastor Rob has been teaching on a series called what? A life of worship. Um, A life of worship. And so, I don't know, it's probably over a month ago, he presented me with the opportunity to teach on this subject. And so I'm like, well, you've already hit so much. I know the direction that you're going. And so it's like, well, what, what do I want to talk about? What can I add to what's already been taught? And so for me, if you don't know, I'm a pretty practical person. And so I'm actually um, asked a few people in my life how they would answer that question about me. So hit some up with the family members. And so I asked this question, how do I, Shauna, best demonstrate or live a life of worship? And I had no expectations going into it. Like I really didn't know what anybody would say. I don't even know how I would have answered that question in a moment. But when I asked a handful of people, it all kind of led back to the same thing. And so I was like, okay, Let's think about that. So um, one of them, I think, was maybe one of my kids. And I think their response was something like, "Um, I don't know, you cook for us? (laughs) Um, I I think it was Rob, maybe I asked. He's like, well, maybe what Aaron taught on about doing things with excellence. I'm like, well, that's already done. So that probably can't reteach what he did. Um, Or maybe I could do it more excellent. Oh, just messing. Um, All right, so a life of excellence, but then he followed it by, or just doing what needs to be done, helping others. Um, I think maybe it was Madison, um, if not, it was Lauren. They're like, you just, you serve well. And then I was actually at lunch with my friend Kim, who's back there in the sound booth. And so I kind of, and that's a weird question to ask anybody, I would think. It's not, you know, you got to kind of think before you just respond. And she's like, well, you know, you just do what needs to be done. She goes, I remember a couple months on a Sunday morning, I came in, she was sitting in the back and she said, like, you noticed that the sanctuary was a little array. And she's like, the next thing I know, you go back to the closet and you pick out the lint brush. And she's like, you go and you're cleaning every single chair on Sunday morning before service start because it got overlooked and didn't get done. And she's like, you just see a need and you do what needs to be done. And so um, that's what we're going to talk about today, guys. Not about Shauna, but we're going to talk about a life of worship is a life of service. And we're going to talk about what that means. What does service look like as a believer? And so I started, I kind of proposed, asked myself the question, well, who do we serve? Well, obviously we serve who? The Lord, or I put down the king. We serve the king. We sing, serve Jesus. Um, we serve the king's people, right? The body of Christ. We serve those that don't yet know the Lord. So we serve him. Pretty much we should serve everyone in some form. And as we serve him well, those other people fall into place. And so to worship God is to serve him. To serve him is to worship him. 
I read an article this week. It was called 10 Ways to Worship Without Music. Because we've already established that music is not 20 minutes on a Sunday. Worship is not 20 minutes of song on a Sunday, right? It's so much more than that. And here's how they define that. Worship is the process of surrendering your entire life into God's hands. Your entire life. Like every aspect everything you do, not just the parts that you want him to have, all of it, your entire life. And so, I don't know, this, this individual came to my mind. Um, Chris Bounds, how long have you been retired? Eight years. So probably about eight years ago, Chris Bounds came up to me and she approached me and she's like, you know what? I'm retired now and I just want to serve you. I want to do whatever I can to make your life easier, to help you with ministry in the church. Um, I will do whatever you want. And um, she has done everything that I've asked, even things that she doesn't like. Like, in case you don't know, she doesn't like cooking. She doesn't like cleaning. Um, she doesn't like teaching. And she's even taught a few times at women's retreat at different times. And so she said, yes, God, I believe that you put me here to help serve and I will do whatever that she asked. And so now, eight years later, she does a lot of the admin for the women's ministry. She has started an amazing women's mentorship program here at Harvest, and she helps in so many other ways. Just two weeks ago, she heard me kind of feeling a little overwhelmed, um, and she knows that I have lots of to-do lists, and so I got a text, and it said, what can I take off your to-do list? Guys, that's the heart of a servant. Believe me, she didn't want whatever I may have sent her way. <laughs> Some of those things, she thought I'd be like, oh, why did I ever ask? But whatever you need, I'll do. Whatever, 24-7 worship is loving God with all of your heart and with all of your time. It's saying to God, whatever you want, whatever. I'll do it. And so today we're gonna to talk about what it looks like to serve God with our life. And so I heard this statement, service is love dressed in work clothes. So I, I ran that line by Aaron this week. I was like, does this make sense? He's like, yeah, basically it's love in action. He's like, you're just doing what we're supposed to. And so service is love dressed in work clothes. And so did you know that in the Bible that the word words, worship the Lord and serve the Lord were often used interchangeably within the Bible. And, um, you know, some of the words translated worship in your Bible actually originally meant service. And what did they refer to? They referred to the labor of slaves or hired servants. Now in the Old Testament, they were often used actually to the use of the service of like the priest and the Levites when they would go into temple worship. But let me ask you this question, what are we participating in right now? A worship service. We're in a worship service. Those two coming together. Some of you have served this morning. Some of you are worshiping. Hopefully we're doing them both because they're interchangeable. So we call what we're doing here this morning a worship service. And so the words worship the Lord and serve the Lord were interchangeable in the Bible. And I want to look at an Old Testament example of that and a New, New Testament example. And so you can follow wrong right here. Joshua 24 verses 15, and this is in the NIV. It says, but if serving the Lord seems undesirable to you, 
Then choose for yourselves this day whom you will serve, whether the gods of your forefathers served beyond the river or the gods of the Amorites in whose land you are living. But as for me and my house, we will what? Serve the Lord. That could also be worship the Lord, right? Serve, worship. And then in Romans chapter 12, verse one, it says right here, it says, therefore I urge you brothers, in view of God's mercy to offer your bodies as living sacrifices, holy and pleasing to God. This is your spiritual act of what? Worship. In some translations it says, or your reasonable service. So worship is service. To worship God is to serve him. So what does it mean to serve the Lord? Like. Where, where do I begin? Where do I begin? What does it mean? What does he want? What does it mean to serve the Lord? What does it mean to serve anyone? It means you do what they want, right? You're gonna serve anybody, you, you do what they want. To serve somebody simply means that you are willing to do whatever he needs or whatever she wants, whatever. You go to a restaurant, you sit down, and who comes to the table, hopefully? Your server, <laughs> their job description is to bring you whatever you need to have an enjoyable meal, right? Your drinks, your food, they serve you. Whatever you need in the context of that, res that restaurant, that eating, they serve you. And so one of the qualities that we value here at Harvest is the servant's heart. And so what do I mean by that? The servant's heart is to me the person that's like, you know what, yes, Lord, Anything, anytime, anywhere. It's the heart that says, whatever, whatever you want, I'll do it. You know, we want all of our answers to God to be, yes, Lord, anytime, anywhere, whatever. Now notice I didn't say to man, I said to God. Whatever God is asking you to do, that you will be willing to serve him and do it. And so the big question is, what does God want me to do? Has anybody ever asked that question? God, what do you want me to do? What do you want me to do? You want me to serve? What do you want me to do? Well, let me tell you, the place to start is exactly where you're at. Where are you at right now? What are you doing right now? Um, <laughs> I think God starts with us where we are at, so we need to just start exactly where we're at right now. I heard um, Oswald Chambers wrote this quote. He said, many people think that God can't use them where they are, but it is certain that God cannot use them where they are not. So guys, we need to just start where we're at. If that's in the workplace, if that's in our home, if that's with our neighbors, like wherever you currently are is where you can begin to serve the Lord. And so you serve God right where you are by doing whatever you do for the Lord and doing it with excellence or doing it the best that you can. So let's look at Colossians 3 and we're gonna read verses 22 through 24 right here. It says, slaves, obey your earthly masters in everything and do it not only when their eye is on you and to win their favor, but with sincerity of heart and reverence for the Lord. Whatever you do, Work at it with all of your heart as working for the Lord, not for men, since you know that you will receive an inheritance from the Lord as a reward. It is the Lord Christ you are serving. So notice in that verse, I think it's verse 23, what word does it use? Whatever. 
Whatever you do, do it with all of your heart, whatever you do. And guys, here's what we need to realize. In the context of this scripture, who was Paul writing to? To the slaves, right? Paul is writing to these slaves, to these men and women who really didn't have a choice about what they were doing. Their masters probably didn't care if their slaves liked the task assigned to them or not. I doubt they were like, well, that's not my spiritual gift. So <laughs> you need to put me somewhere else. Like, I, I really doubt the master cared in that situation, right? Now, there may have been some out there, but generally speaking, probably not. Slaves simply did whatever they were told. Now, here's the good news. We aren't a slave. We have a choice. So whatever you do, you need to do it with all of your heart for the Lord. Guys, it doesn't matter if you're a doctor or a drill sergeant, a contractor, a cook, a teacher, a stay-at-home mom. Whatever you do, you need to do it with all of your heart. You need to do it as unto the Lord. You know, we read this verse, Colossians 3, through 24. And I don't know if you're like me, if you ever had the opportunity to really give thought to what that verse means. Has anybody did something they just weren't really joyful about? Something task you really just didn't enjoy or, or want to do? You know, I was kind of trying to think about my own life, different times that the Lord spoke to me through this verse and through his word. And like one example that came to mind was, I remember years ago, like I had to turn in a leader's report like every month or something. And I was like, God, why do I need to do this? I don't even know if they're gonna read it. I don't, if I don't, I don't even know if they're gonna like, you know, correct me if I don't. I'm like, they'll never say anything to me if I don't turn it in. So what's the big deal? That, that was my thought. And I remember the Lord saying, Shauna, you're doing it for me, not for man. I remember a time, oh, okay, so just last night, we were, Rob and I worked a job yesterday afternoon, and I was going over our message while he worked, and I was sitting on a hard wooden floor for four and a half hours, no exaggeration, and joyful about it. Actually, it wasn't as bad as it has been in the past. But anyway, so I read over my message, and we're kind of like driving home, and I was thinking about it, and I was like, you know, I really don't like the intro to the message that I have for tomorrow. I just don't really like how it's going. And I'm like... You know, I could probably just go with what I had. And I felt like the Lord said, no, you need to do it with excellence and you need to do it right. And so the Lord woke me up at 1.30 this morning and I was up from 1.30 to 3.30 tweaking and changing some of what he gave me for you guys this morning. But I could have been like, uh, it's good enough. They won't know the difference. You know, opening, no big deal. Let's just get to the meat. How about this one? Anybody ever been tempted when cleaning their house to have shortcuts? <laughs> you ever like put the trash under the rug like nobody will see it <laughs> kick it under the couch the ball under the couch or the penny under the couch or like it's no big deal nobody will be under the cushion um i'm just the only one <laughs> no the lord wants us to do things right for him he wants us to take care of what he's given us for his glory he doesn't want us cutting corners this is worship. Because I love you, Lord, I will do it correctly 
and I will do it with excellence. Now, some of you may remember years ago, I actually worked at the YMCA. Anybody remember that? I mean, that was a long time ago. This half of the room, you guys didn't. Um, all right, <laughs> y'all have been here a while, they're newer. All right, so we used to, I, there was a time in our life where Rob's health was so poor that we had done everything with, I guess, common doctors as possible. And so we chose to go a more holistic approach to bring healing to his body. Well, with that, insurance doesn't cover a lot of those things. And so we made a choice to spend a large sum of money to seek out his health and his wellness. Well, because of that, some debt occurred. And, and how you guys know that sometimes God provides by giving opportunities with W-O-R-K, work. And so I was, the kids were in elementary school at the time. And so I got a job at the YMCA. I would wake up at four o'clock. I would get up. I would get all their stuff ready for school. Maybe, I don't even remember. They're like, I did my own stuff, mom. They were taken care of. They had food to make a lunch with. We'll put it that way. I would get up. I would go, I would open up that building at five o'clock and I worked on the fitness floor. I was not personal training. What was I doing? I was walking down, wiping down. Paul remembers, cause that's where we first met. I wiped down nasty, sweaty machines for five hours a day. You know, sweat dripping, gross, dried on there. Psh, 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 psh. Occasionally get the mop out once a really wet dude was around. Um, gross. It's gross. Picking up other people's sweat is just gross. My own sweat is gross. Um, but here's the deal. The Lord gave me that job for a season. And there was a grace in that job for a season. And I wiped down those sweaty machines as a joy that I had an opportunity to not only serve the Lord with excellence, but also to serve our family by paying down debt. Joyfully as unto the Lord. And I looked at it more than cleaning machines. I'm like, Lord, this has got to become about people. And so fortunately, it became about building relationships with the people that the God brought into the Y that, you know, those ones that like talk a whole lot more than they actually work out. I got to build relationship with those. <laughs> There's a lot of them. But <laughs> why did I bring up that example? Well, let me ask you, what do you do? What is your profession. And that doesn't mean just what you do as a paycheck. Some of you are stay-at-home moms. Some of you are wives. Some of you are retired. You know, what is it that you do? I might say that whatever you do is probably would seem to have more value to it than wiping down a sweaty machine. I told you that story that if I can swipe off sweat from a machine and give Jesus glory, then whatever you do, you can do for him as well. Mamas, wiping them bottoms. Your homeschool moms, when you just get tired and fatigued and you're like over, nope, I'm not gonna give up. I'm gonna do this as unto the Lord. I'm gonna do it with excellence because you have given me this child to move in this direction. Someone said one time, it's a little hard to see the eternal value in running a damp sponge over 20,000 envelope flaps. Anybody ever done it? Like I've done it here like 300 sometimes. I was like, Ugh, uh, you, know, you got to fold it first and then st uh, uh. So sometimes we're like, is there really any value in this? 
And here's the reality is that we do things every single day that don't seem to have much eternal value. Every day we do things like cook meals, put gas in the car, make our beds, take out the the garage, take out the garbage, (laughs) pay the bills. You know, even like for Rob and I, our job, you know, a lot of you would consider their, probably think, well, that's like a eternally significant job. Well, how do you know there's a lot of very mundane tasks that come along in our day as well? Yeah, some of y'all in here that are in ministry and serve, you're like, mm-hmm. A lot more mundane tasks than it is like, ah, oh, moments. There are times when I feel like I'm just licking the envelope, but even those things can be done for Jesus. And so if you feel that way sometimes, remember, I'm doing this as unto the Lord. I'm doing this because of my father. And I've got an example right here. Let me say this first. Whatever you do, do it for the Lord. Do your very best because you are doing it for Jesus and it's an act of worship. So I've got an example right here. There was a man, his name was Brother Lawrence. He was a 17th century Carmelite brother who served his order for 30 years as a cook. And here's what he wrote. He said, I turn my little omelet in the pan for the love of God. When it's finished and I have nothing to do, I prostrate myself on the ground and worship my God who gave me this grace to make it. After which I would arise up happier than a king. When I can do nothing else, it is enough to have picked up a straw for the love of God. People look for ways of learning how to love God. The best way is to do everything for the love of God, to make use of all the tasks one's lot in life demands to show him that love. So whether it was making that omelet, sweeping the kitchen floor, Brother Lawrence saw it was a way to worship God and to show his love. He had the attitude, you gave me this task and I'm gonna do it well because I love you. I'm gonna do it with all of my heart because I love you. And that is worship. So How many of you last weekend went out to Rolling Hills um, and held with the Faith and Blue Serve Day? A lot of y'all. I have heard great things from you guys, probably four or five different people this week I've ran into and they're like, it was such a blessing and they did so much. And I actually talked to one individual that said a couple of them got together and prayed before they started. And as soon as they got done praying, they said, "This this is the church, this is what it's about. And that is so true. It is just serving. It's just doing what the Lord has said. So we just talked a little bit about the what. So now let's talk about the why. So why, why do we serve the Lord? Because we love him. Because we love him. Being a faithful servant of God is less about what we are doing and more about, listen to these three things, more about why we are doing it, how we are doing it, and who we are doing it for. And I would say that if your answer to those three lines up with 1 Corinthians 13, that's talking about love, then you're a true servant of the Lord. And so service, I said this already, is love dressed in what? Work clothes. So our service is worship to God. And there are really two reasons why people serve anyone. Anybody wanna guess what they are? Why do you serve anyone? Okay, that's one, it's because you want to. And what's the second reason? 
Because you have to. There's really only two reasons why you would serve anyone, because you want to or because you have to. Um, Our service is worship to God. Many people serve others because they have to. You know, in the past, what would we call that? We would call that slavery. Um, What do we call it today? I would say employment. (laughs) I mean, think about it. Think about it. We need to pay the bills. We need to put food on the tables. We need gas in the car. So we do what the boss wants. We serve the boss or we serve our business, but it may be only because we have to and we need the money. Or think of this, how many of you have ever been in school? Why do you do those stupid book reports? and write out those spelling words 50 times? Because you have to. If you wanna get that diploma and you wanna pass, you're gonna do what the teacher says. Kids out there, when your parents have a chore list for you, don't answer this, why do you do it? Hopefully, it's because you love them and you want to serve them and you know it brings the Lord delight. Unfortunately, I think most of us, it's like, how can I get by with as little as possible to not get in trouble? Okay, that's not worship, that's not service. That's trying to avoid getting in trouble, right? Self-preservation. When we serve the Lord with that kind of motivation about self, not wanting to get in trouble, not wanting to get fired, It's about self, self self-preservation. That is not worship. Worship is serving God because you want to and because you love him. Love for God moves us to do whatever he wants. It moves us to give him our very best. It moves us to serve him with all that we do. So I've got another story here. Um, I read this story this week, and it was actually a woman who wrote kind of basically like the love story of how her parents got married and got together. And when I start to tell you this story, you're gonna see that it's a long time ago story, okay? So here it goes. It says, for a woman, uh, here we go. When her dad, his name was Frank, was 25, he worked in a lumber mill in Springfield, Oregon. He fell in love with her mom, who was 17 and lived in Sweet Home, which was 40 miles over the hills distance from where he was. Frank was so taken with her that every weekend he would walk from Springfield to Sweet Home to see her, walk 40 miles. He would leave Friday after work, arriving in Sweet Home Saturday afternoon. And then he would leave Saturday night and walk home in time for work on Monday. So that was a 80 mile round trip hike so that he could spend a few hours Saturday afternoon with her. How many of you would say that's love? Now, how many of you just did the math in your head to see if that was even possible? Okay, I did, because I'm like, "Mm, like, is that for real? So yes, that would be a 10 hour walk if you walked a 15 um, minute mile. So it is very doable. So why did he do that? Was it because he had to? No, it was because he wanted to. It's because he loved her. It's because he wanted to be with her. And guys, that's why we serve the Lord. That's why we sacrifice and we put it all on the line for Christ because we love him. And I've got a couple examples here that I wanna share with you guys of people in the church that 
And guys, don't get your feelings hurt if I don't call out your name because all of you could probably be this example in some way. But um, one person that came to mind was actually Matt Levin. Um, actually, probably every Levin in the house could answer this. That they are just have a servant's heart. But guys, Matt Levin, he works a full-time job. He's a mechanic at All-Star Chevrolet, I think. But what you don't know is he is often up here on the evenings. He's often up here on the weekends. Guys, he's often up here on his lunch break. Um, just within the past month, you know, we had our little speed racers in the back with the parking lot stuff. Matt, within a week, had stuff ordered, had it installed, and had the problem fixed. When we had the Unstoppable Media um, launch party, it was a Thursday night, and Rob and I were up here for the dress rehearsal. And um, when we were leaving, we noticed the sign out at the street was not lit up. It was like totally dark. And we're like, okay, all these people are gonna be coming to the church that have never been here, and it's gonna be dark, and they can't see. So Rob calls up Matt. Hey, Matt, like this isn't working. The next day on Friday, he came to his lunch break to see what was wrong, went and bought light bulbs, came back before the evening event and put the light bulbs in so that there could be light. Thank you, <laughs> My, yeah, he's like, please. So why does Matt do it? Is it because he has to or is it because he wants to? I believe it's because he loves God and he does it by serving. He does it as unto the Lord. One other example I want to give here is actually Barbara Nallen, or Aunt Barbara as we referred to her earlier. Um, guys, some of you don't know this, but she has actually committed to the ministry school for the past 12 years. In the past nine years, she has directed the ministry school. And so what does that mean? That means that almost every single Tuesday night for the last 12 years, she has given up her evening to serve. That is... That is commitment. And I know there are many other tasks that she does as well, but why does she do it? I believe it's because she loves God and that she does it by serving. Now, let me ask this question. Who in here would say that serving is one of your spiritual gifts, your motivational gifts, or you're just good at it? You can raise your hand, raise it high. Okay, how many of you would say it's not me at all? It's okay. Like, I know a couple of you are like kind of hesitant in that. Like you recognize it. It just does not come easy for you to serve. So there was a few of you there. Well, I want to take just a moment. Those of you that said yes to that, I actually want to give you a few things that I think can help you. So raise your hand again if you said serving is easy, spiritual gift type thing. So, I mean, a good majority of you. Okay. So this is from experience that I'm going to share these next few things. So if that is you, you need to be careful of these, these things. Number one is don't overcommit. That can lead to stress and frustration to yourself and your family. And then you begin to do things in your own strength and your own mind. And then that can lead to burnout. Secondly, watch your heart. Oftentimes you begin looking to people for approval and you begin to feel unappreciated. And then that can lead to bitterness and resentfulness. Have you, nobody noticed what I did. Well, are you doing it for the Lord or are you doing it for the recognition? We have to remind ourselves of that. But remember, I'm sharing these from experience. Number three, be sure to keep your priorities in order. It can be easy to meet a physical need before a spiritual priority. 
So what do I mean by that? Well, you might be quick to maybe clean somebody's house that's in the hospital, but you wouldn't be so quick to lead a prayer meeting if needed. Or something that I've even been guilty of is I will sometimes sacrifice my personal time with the Lord to meet the need instead of be built up. Guys, if you do that over and over again, you're going to be depleted. You have to be in the presence of the Lord first. Number four, if you have been pouring your life out for others and you feel misunderstood or unappreciated, you can easily be tempted with thoughts of rebellion or jealousy. Maybe some of y'all can relate to that one. And then the last one I have right here, sometimes we tend to be demanding, <laughs> this is where my family's like, mm-hmm. Okay, sometimes we tend to be demanding of others who are supposed to be helping but aren't. We can be tempted to have disdain for people who are lazy or uncommitted and don't work the same way that we used to. Guys, for example, I'll throw, we used to have work days and there were certain individuals that I would notice would talk the entire time during work days. And I'm like, you're here to serve. You're not here to talk. That was me probably 10 or 15 years ago. But what I came to know is sometimes that talking is ministry and it's just as important as getting tasks done. And so just because I might be a server and doer, I can't always put that expectation on someone else. All right, so we've discussed the what and the why, and so now we're gonna talk about how. How do we serve God? And we've got three things. We serve God with our time, with our talents, and with our treasure. We take what God has given us and we put it to work in service right where we are at. And so I wanna read this verse. This is 1 Peter 4, 10 through 11. All right, and it says, each one should use whatever gift he has received to serve others faithfully, administering God's grace in its various forms. If anyone speaks, he should do it as is one is speaking the very words of God. If anyone serves, he should do it with the strength that God provides, so that in all things that God may be praised through Jesus Christ, to him be the glory and the power forever and ever. Amen. And so what should we use I think we see that word in there again. Whatever, whatever gift you have received, you need to use it to serve. And so the first thing I want to look at is our time. How many of you would say you have time? Okay, if you're breathing, you have time. You may not feel like you have a lot of time, but your life, every moment of it, every breath you take is a gift from God. Each day is a gift from God. And we ought to wake up and ask God how he wants us to use that day for him. Start right where you're at by serving him today. Yes, Lord, to anything, anytime, anywhere. Next thing I wanna talk about is our talents. And so um, we can use our talents, whether that's our spiritual gifts, if it's our natural abilities, we can use those to serve the Lord. And in Deuteronomy 8, Actually, no, actually, I want to do Romans 12 first. In Romans chapter 12, verse 6 through 8, Paul writes, We have different gifts according to the grace given us. If a man's gift is prophesying, let him use it in proportion to his faith. And then he goes on and he mentions some other things, right? He says, use your gifts. If it's leadership, then what? Lead. If it's teaching, then teach. If it's giving, then give. If it's encouraging, then encourage. Whatever, whatever your gifts are, use them to serve God. And so guys, we have to make sure that we use our natural abilities to serve God. So just, 
If I, were to, if I were standing with you and said, what are you good at? Use that for the service of the Lord. Start there. Start somewhere. Start right where you're at. And then the third thing I want to talk about with that is use your treasure to serve God. Um, who in here likes money? Okay. Who likes to have money? Money helps you accomplish things, right? Um, your money and your stuff should be viewed as all gifts from God. And you should say, how can I use these gifts to serve you? Like I remember when Rob and I back in, I think it was 2014, got the home that we are currently in. And I remember saying, Lord, I thank you for this home. I thank you that we'll be able to have our doors open, that we'll be able to minister, that we'll be able to have community groups, that we'll be able to have people stay over, that we'll be able to have activities. You know, Lord, thank you for this home. And I think all of us need to remind ourselves that the things we have we might think we worked for them, but the Lord's the one that provided all of those opportunities. And so I think it's good to think of these things as ministering or ministry currency, ministry currency. You know, the Bible says that the ability to make money is what? It's a gift from who? From God. Now we're going to read Deuteronomy 8. Verse 18, and it says, but remember the Lord your God, for it is he who gives you the ability to what? Produce wealth. You know, some of you have been given the unusual ability to make money. And if that's you, that's a gift from God, and he wants you to use that to serve him. And I actually um, found a story about a man, his name See if anybody's heard of him. R.J. Letourneau. Anybody heard of him? Okay. One couple people. Um, he was actually known. He made a fortune designing earth-moving equipment. That's what he did. Is he designed earth-moving equipment. And he tithed, but he kind of did it with a twist. And so he was so affluent that what he actually did is he kept 10% of his income to live on. And then guess what he did with the 90%? He gave it back. He gave it to other people to be a blessing to others. He believed that God gave him the gift to make money and he was to use that gift to serve God. I know for Rob and I personally that anytime there's an increase in our income that we often look at ways, Lord, how can we use this to serve you? Not what's the next biggest, better, whatever we can get. But it's like, what, what would you have us do with this? How can we be a blessing and so guys, I want to encourage you, you know, a lot of times we want to wait till we have a lot before we start giving. It's so important that we just start with what we have. And here's what I found is that even if you have little and you start to give of the little, when you have much, it's easier to give the much. And so you've got to start right where you're at. And um, how many of you happen to notice that we didn't take up offering earlier? Well, let me tell you why, because we're going to do it right now. All right, so we're talking about serving the Lord. And um, guys, how do you know that the, the, the word of God tells us that we need to give our tithes and that we need to give our offerings? And so guys, there's several ways that you can do that here at Harvest. You can give by cash or check and there's boxes in the back over there and um, you can place it in there. You can make checks out to Church of the Harvest. You can also give, what, online? And you can give through text and there's a screen up here. Um, also on the QR code, you guys can do that. But um, I wanna just take a moment to pause and to give thought to that for a moment, all right? Lord, I thank you that everything that we have is ours because you have given it to us. 
that that paycheck, that that income, that that work are opportunities that you have provided to us. And so, Lord, I thank you that we in return, the least that we can do is to give back that 10% to you. And Lord, I pray right now that you continue to speak to each person what it is that they should give. Because as we learn today that we can serve by our giving. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. So guys, whatever gift you have, and I believe all three of us have time, talents, and treasure. But whatever gift it is, we have to make sure that we use it to serve the Lord. And I've got one last passage here, and it's not going to come up on the screen. But uh, many of you have probably heard of it. This is actually from Matthew 25, and it comes through verse 14 through 30. And pretty much what happened here is that Jesus told a story about a man who was entrusted three servants with a large group of money. Right? He gave this one some money, this one some money, this one some money. Said, I'm going to head off for a little bit. And when I come back, I want you to have done something with it. Right? So the first two guys, what do they do? They invest, they invest it, they put it to work. And what does the master say to them? Well done, good and faithful servant. Good job. Way to do what I, way to do what I asked. And then there's a third guy. What did he do? He buried it. Some say that he was just like lazy, but then some said he was afraid of what the master might do. So fear and laziness kept him from receiving the double, the triple, the more, but even beyond that, the verbal blessing of the master. Two people used what they were given for God's glory. One did not. And so the whole point of that story is that he's been generous with us and he wants us to use what he has given us to serve him. And as we serve him, we serve others. Your life is God's gift to you. What you do with it is your gift to God. Your life is God's gift to you. What you do with it is your gift to God. And so I wanna ask the question, you know, if you were to die and face God tonight and you had to give an account for your life, what would your ledger look like? What would it say? Have you used your time? Have you used your talents? Have you used your treasure to serve God. There's a man by the name of Albert Schwartzeyer. He was a missionary doctor. And here's what he said. One thing I know, the only ones among you who will be really happy are those who will have sought and found how to serve. Wanna be happy? Get over yourself and serve God and serve others. Your life is God's gift to you and what you do with it is your gift to God. I'm gonna ask the worship team to come on up and as they're doing that, I'm gonna ask each one of you if you'll just stand. And just go ahead and once you're standing, if you don't mind just closing your eyes. And just kind of doing that to give reflection to the word that's come forth this morning. You know, 24-7 worship, it is a lifestyle 
of serving God right where you're at with all that you've got because you love him. And so I would encourage you this morning to start where you are and use whatever you have to serve him. Because serving the Lord is worship and worshiping the Lord is service. And so in this moment, I wanna kind of end having you ask yourself the same question that started this message for me. Ask yourself this, how do I best demonstrate a life of worship? How do I best demonstrate? Some things are easier for us than others. Everything that we've learned about is for all of us. But I'd encourage you, how you do that best, begin to do it with excellence. You know, and maybe you're in this place or maybe you're even watching online and here's the reality. If you don't know Jesus as your personal Lord and Savior, you can't serve as unto the Lord, can you? And so the first thing that you have to do is actually say, you know what? I need this Jesus to help me walk out this life, to help me love and to help me to serve and to help me be all that he's created me to be. And so if you're in this place this morning, you would say, you know what? I want Jesus to be my personal Lord and Savior. I just encourage you, would you mind just lifting up your hand for me? You say, you know what? I need to make Jesus priority. I need to make Jesus number one in my life. Maybe you're watching online and you're like, you know what? I need this Jesus. I need this Savior. I just encourage you to pray something like this. Lord, forgive me. I've made mistakes. I can't do things on my own. So I ask you to come right now and take complete control. I surrender my entire life to you. I say, I don't wanna do this anymore. I'm sorry that I've made it about me and I wanna make it about you. Forgive me. Holy Spirit, come and fill me and empower me to be all that you want me to be. In Jesus' name, amen. Guys, I'm gonna have the worship team go back into this song here. And I want you guys to stick around and I want you to think about the message this morning. Lord, what what are you speaking to me today? What are you speaking to me? Is there something that he might be saying, good job, or he might be saying, hey, you need to tweak this a little bit. You need to work on this a little bit. I want you to give some more time and attention to this area. And so I want you guys to give thought to that. And I'm gonna go ahead and ask our pastors and elders and senior leaders, if you guys will go ahead and come forward And once this song's on, you know, if you want prayer, you're free to come up in that moment as well. You don't have to wait until the song's over. You can come up and have them agree with you. Maybe you need to touch in your body. Maybe you want some encouragement. Maybe you need to be loved on. That's, they're serving you guys. (laughs) They're here by serving to pray, to intercede on your behalf, to be an encouragement, to be a blessing. So we're gonna go into this song. I encourage you guys to, Let the Lord speak to you. Don't let it be just about some words that you're singing. If you want prayer, please come forward.
If you'd like to get more information about resources from Church of the Harvest, please check out our website at midsouthharvest.org. You may also contact us by phone at 662-890-1573 or toll free at 866-383-8277.